0: Welcome to So Dead, a podcast where most of the crimes we talk about can be solved with four little words, the husband did it.
1: I'm Jen Carpenter. And I'm DNA Fairman. Happy True Crime Tuesday. And happy Taco Tuesday, deadheads. In this week's episode, we're going to talk about a couple of vintage cases where, yes, the husband did, did it. it. The husband always did it. He always did it. January fourteenth, nineteen forty nine started out like any other day in the Veracuse. Is that how you say it?
0: I don't know how to say it.
1: This is how I'm gonna say it. Veracuse household. It is probably not how you say it. I it's, think it's probably Vercruci. Vercruzi or Veracruz, I think. I'm gonna one say one Veracruz. Okay. Um okay, so fourth not four. He was not four. 43-year-old Victor and his 41-year-old wife, Selena, made a trip to the grocery store together where neighbors remembered seeing them getting along, joking, enjoying each other's company. You know, like Having mar- a day. It's right, a day. As married couples do. But by the end of the night, one of them would be dead and the other would be in custody. Ooh, I bet just from the couple
0: sentences we've <laughs> said so far that I can figure out which one. Who's
1: dead and who's not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I this, should play Clue more. You should. Go to a murder mystery. Colonel Mustard did it in the <laughs> library with the rope. Uh, um, this would become known by locals as the Mason Torch Murder. Ooh, mm-hmm. That's something. Victor Viercuse... Was born August 4th, 1904 in Belgium. He married Selena de Monk. They married young and immigrated to the U.S. Young. Okay. Um, I, I searched and searched for a year and I could not find it. Yeah, that's really hard to do. I looked for her maiden <laughs> name.
0: <laughs> when you said I searched and searched for a year... Like you were searching for a year that they emigrated, but it sounded like you were saying you'd been searching for a year for information. no. And I was about to be like, you're such a liar.
1: No, yeah. (laughs) We haven't even been doing this a year. About two weeks I searched (laughs) for some dates, and I just could not find find any local documentation on it. Right, they were young. Um, He and Selena had five children together and lived in Lansing, Michigan. Thank you for that uh-huh. clarification. On Pleasant Street before moving to Mason. Okay. Um, Mason is just about 15 minutes south of Lansing. Okay. I used to live there. My grandma lived there and still lives there. Does she? Mm-hmm. I think we drove by her house one day when we were out. We were there, in the right? neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we was in the hood. Um, when the first two daughters were young, the family suffered a near tragedy that made them leery of fire. Uh-oh. Mhm. Selena was boiling water on her gas stove in their Lansing home when she went to the basement to work on something. While she was away from the stove, the water boiled over and extinguished the flames. <clears throat> And as anyone with a gas stove knows that just because there's no flame does not mean that there is no gas. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. The fumes were so strong that they filled the home so much so that the two children in the home who were 1 and 3 lost consciousness. Oh my god. And didn't come to until Selena had taken them outside to fresh air.
0: Oh no. Isn't that nuts. That's scary, but that's a lot of gas. Okay,
1: yeah. That's a lot of gas. Yeah. I've like bumped the knob on Mm -hmm. my stove before with my big fat gut (laughs) and turned it on and, like, smelled gas three hours later. Oh, no. But, like... Not to a point where I was like passing out. Well, and I'm sure you've got a carbon monoxide detector. Yes, those did not exist in the forties. No, 40s. they didn't. But like,
0: how long was yeah. that on? You know what I mean? That's well, just crazy. and I, I would imagine that you know, with technology that we've got now, that it doesn't right. shoot out as much gas, True.
1: Either good point from the stove. You're right. Um, by 1949, the couple had been married for well over 20 years, and all but two children were grown and moved out of the family home. This is when they're in Mason. Okay. So, so they're in Mason, they've been married they, forever, they got yep.
0: adult children, and they've still got a couple
1: at home. And they have two at home. Okay. Yeah. Shortly after they returned home from the grocery store on that afternoon of January 14th, Victor retreats to the basement where he has his 1949 man cave. Okay. <laughs> he works on projects from his construction company and building boats. I, when I was searching for this, I found ads for his that he posted in the paper. Oh. For like, if you have a boat that you want me to make, give me a call. Wow. And I had like his phone number and everything with him. Huh. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Um. Anyway, while he's down there, Victor calls up to Selena to come and help him with something. Okay. Come on down, sweetheart. Come help me with something down here. There was
0: no AC. You you no, think it that's wasn't what the 20s. Said? So
1: he didn't talk like that I anymore. Crystal? He probably like just like that. growled her name. Yeah, good point. You know? Like the guy on um, Christmas Story. Bombuses. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, don't you? <laughs> okay. Anyway. Selena. Um. <laughs> So, once she reaches, so she thinks, okay, he just needs help with it, he like a quick favor, yeah. whatever. Once she reaches the bottom of the stairs, Victor throws gasoline in her face <gasps> and sets her on fire. Jesus. Uh-huh. Ugh. She tries to escape, but Victor blocks the stairs, making it impossible to run. Oh, my God. I know. Finally, she breaks through and gets to the top of the stairs where the door to the backyard is. But. Victor pulls her back in. Oh my god. Uh-huh. At this point she's panicking. She punches her fist through a storm through the storm door window and she cuts herself really bad. Oh. I know. Um, she finally escapes once again to the backyard where Victor and a neighbor, William Johnson, wrap her in gunny sacks to put out the fire. What's a gunny sack? Is
0: well, it like a flower
1: sack? I think it's a flower sack, like those like white Okay. Canvasy. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Cotton, maybe. Uh-huh. Um, her clothes were completely burned off from her. Oh my god. Isn't that crazy? That's so um sad. another neighbor calls the fire department and to avoid looking guilty, Victor lovingly takes her to the hospital where he tells the tale to the hospital staff that a paint can exploded in her face. Oh. It was like a flash. He said it was like one of those like flash fire. things. Yeah, a flash fire. Is that what it's called? But yeah, basically something just combusts
0: all of a yeah, sudden for no it, reason. There's not. It's not like a slow burn. It's uh-huh. just a.
1: Right. Like, did you like that? Yes. I, yeah. I I wish you guys could see her body <laughs> movement. It looked like a flash fire. It did. <laughs> um. He said the burns that are on his hands and arms are from him trying to help put the fire out. Uh-huh.
0: Mm-mm. They're from They're him They're putting, putting her back him in the fire, grabbing
1: her and throwing her back in the basement. Oh my god. But when the hospital staff gets the couple in separate rooms, Selena is able to tell her story. Oh my god. Um and being she's a nurse. Okay. So being the nurse herself, she knows she doesn't have much time left. So she must tell her story. She tells of how she's always been loyal to Victor. But when she asked him why he did it, he replied with, if I can't have you, no one can. (gasps) And then he followed it up with, but you're still beautiful. To me. What a fucker.
0: Because he threw it in her face. Right. So he might not have been trying to kill her. He might have he been just wanted her to, to be ugly. Her. So I would bet you so something happened at the grocery store. Someone looked at her, or he thought someone looked at her, or she had a conversation with that cute stock boy and he took it as a threat and inappropriate.
1: Yeah. They something talked happened. with the neighbor there. Yeah. They talked with the a okay. neighbor who was a woman. Okay. And they talked with her for about 15 minutes at huh. the grocery store. And she said that everything was fine. Well, if he was, you
0: know, letting it fester, or maybe it happened after right. that. But I, maybe I mean, somebody looked at her funny. For do something so drastic, even if, even if she was unaware of it, even if it was just some guy in the po- right. parking lot, like, ogling her. Maybe somebody said, hubba, hubba. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know. Or called him a lucky man, because she was beautiful. Yeah, and We've for having pictures. five
1: kids. Yes. I barely survived two. Right, I barely survived one. Uh, so Selena died later that day mm-hmm. after telling anyone who would listen what had really happened. Yeah. Victor was arrested, but because he too had burns, was admitted to the hospital. He was allowed to attend Selena's funeral, mm. which is a whole fucked up scenario. Mm-hmm. And he was seen kneeling and sobbing at her grave in complete sorrow. Because like, I bet Cause you he wasn't he didn't trying to, to kill, kill her. her but he still set her gotta, on fire. That's why you gotta think before you act. Um, while he was in custody, he tried to escape many times as well as commit suicide. <gasps> Once by banging his head so hard oh against the radiator. Like, multiple times. Oh
0: my God, that's really... Who does that? I mean, if you've got nothing, if you're committed to to having that happen and you've still got nothing to do it with because you're in a you know a, a barren cell and all you can
1: do is try to knock yourself out. I don't know. Oh my god. Uh, um they tried to put him in a straitjacket, but that didn't work. Well yeah, you can still bang your head. Yep. They need to put him in a helmet. And they even tried to chain him to a bed. Oh but that god. didn't work either. Isn't that nuts? Yeah. Like he it's was nutty. angry at himself. Yeah. Well, yeah, he should have been. Yeah. I agree. He wanted to be free or die. Yeah. Nuts. They or finally... maybe he just wanted to die Mm-mm. at that point, you don't think? No, I think he wanted to be free. Because he tried to escape. Oh, well then there goes that. Yeah. Um, they finally admitted him to Can I guess? Uh huh. Ionia. Yes.
0: Oh.
1: <laughs> the Ionia Asylum for Insane Criminals. Everybody that we talk about has find, found their way there. So many um, He was found guilty of her murder and served a very short sentence. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. He was released quietly after a few years. He died in his home in Diamonddale on July 13th, 1983. Oh, right. He was not only buried in the same cemetery as Selena but was buried right next to her. Oh,
0: that makes me so angry when that happens. Right.
1: Apparently, most of the family, including the children, remained close with Victor. So they believed him that it was an accident. Yeah. They never believed that he murdered Selena, even though the next-door neighbor, who helped wrap her in the gunny sacks, made statements that he saw her escape to the backyard and watched Victor pick her up and carry her back into the house. Oh, my God.
0: And I I mean, what a hard position to be in because your mom is gone. All you've got left is your dad, right? Mm -hmm. And so, of course, you want to believe, especially if he's offering a story that's plausible and you think that you know Mm -hmm. him to be a certain way. Of course, you want to believe that. Yeah. You know, you've already lost one
1: parent. You don't want to lose them both. I know, but you don't want to be in denial to the point of injustice for your mother he was buried right next to her Mm. Um, and we've talked
0: about that before we've talked about a couple cases before in which
1: that's happened it's so frustrating Mm -hmm. when i read his obituary one thing that i found was that he was part of the internal order of the Oddfellows. fellows Fellows. Mm. weird weird right it is that's the story of the mason
0: torch murder can i tell you a secret and we'll I keep like, it a secret. It's between just you and me, right? Of course, nobody's <laughs> listening. Um, I've actually been in the Mason Torch Stop, House. Stop! Are you serious? Yeah, a long time ago. It was. It's a small house. We'll say it's uh, vintage.
1: <laughs> Is that polite That's for polite. being like? Bleh. I mean, just everything.
0: I mean, my house, I would call it vintage. My kitchen is still very 50s. Like, the cupboards are from the 50s.
1: True. But yours is in really good condition. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, it, it was definitely an old house. Okay. Um, but the at the base of the basement. So, he got her right when she got to the bottom of the steps, right? Mm-hmm. There are still burn marks all Stop. over in the doorway, like up in the ceiling. You know how the standard basements that aren't refinished, that don't have like the drop ceiling right, like or whatever, a you can basement. see the beams. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can still see all the beams and they are burned to shit. They are completely black right Stop there in that spot. It. Isn't that crazy? They never replaced them? No. And, and two, I guess, worth mentioning is the basement was... Was is. I mean, it's been years, but the stairs kind of twist. So from the kitchen, you go down like a few and then it Mm -hmm. twists and you go down a few more. Mm -hmm. So it was only like five or six steps to get up and straight out the back door.
1: Oh, to that Mm -hmm. door.
0: Yeah. Oh, man. But yeah. Is the house still there? Yeah, I think so. I'm pretty sure. Crazy. I know. Drive me by it. Okay, one of these days. Okay, um, so I've got a story that's you do oddly similar. Ooh. Right? Uh, so if any of you have read my book, Haunted Lansing, you have heard a very watered down version of this story, which I credit as uh, kind of my origin story—the story that piqued my interest into true crime and paranormal all at the same time. I first heard it from guess who told me this story. My dad. I first heard this story from my dad way back when I was a little girl. We were out running errands one day and we stopped at the waterbed store on the corner of Jolly and Pleasant Grove on the south side in Lansing. Was it like... J and D beds. water beds. It
1: was like blue building or yeah. gray building with the white Blue lettering. building,
0: like a bluish gray. But yeah, definitely uh-huh. a blue building with we a white drove sign, by black all lettering.
1: The time and because I, and I always noticed it because I wanted a water bed. So bad. we all had water beds. Everybody oh, in my house duck. had water beds. It was the eighties, right? You know? I did not. Um,
0: <laughs> so my dad grew up in the same house that I grew up in. Um, same neighborhood. That's cool. Yeah. So he had a ton of stories, like you know, and anywhere we went, this used to be here, and that used to be there, right. and that's kind of um, like so and so used to live here, mm-hmm. type of thing. So as we were leaving the store that day, he told me how it used to be a grocery store when he was a little boy. Cool. And that the man who owned it lived in the apartment upstairs with his wife. And one day, he caught her with another man and <gasps> murdered her. No. Then went right back to operating the store. Stop. <laughs> Stop. Got a customer. Got to wrap up this murder. Uh, so I became convinced that the waterbed store had a ghost upstairs. Uh, and I talked about it and wrote stories about this g- murdered ghost lady above the waterbed store Stop for it. years when I was a kid. Uh, it That's wasn't really until funny. maybe last year. When I started getting pretty good at researching true crime, that I found the real story.
1: Now, does your like in our last episode you talked about your mom went through a bunch of keepsakes. Uh-huh. Does she have any of those writings? I don't know. She kept so much. She kept a lot, and she gave me a lot. Hmm. I'll
0: have to try to go through them someday and see if I can find any. That'd be funny because anyway, I know they exist. Um. So. In the 1960s, Italian immigrant Gaetano Guy Perna, so they called him Guy, but his name was Gaetano. I'm saying it wrong, I'm sure. Way easier to say Yes, guy. Uh, He owned and operated the Jolly Superette grocery store on the corner of Jolly and Pleasant Grove on the south side of Lansing. Cool. He lived in the apartment above the store with his wife, Yolanda, and their two children, Raphael and Maria. On December 9th, 1966, a customer arrived midday to find the doors to the store locked and the lights on inside, which she thought was really weird. Mm -hmm. They should have been open. Um, From the apartment above, she heard a child screaming, so she called the police. So in my mind, as I'm picturing this story, uh, this woman, this nosy woman Mm -hmm. is my grandma, (laughs) Because that was where my grandma... Oh, this is in your mind. That's where they shopped, yeah. So in my mind, it's my grandma. Sure. It could have been. Who knows? Right. They didn't quote her name in the paper. So I'm just picturing my grandma being this. Fair enough. What is going on here? Let's pretend. Exactly. Uh, So police arrived on scene quickly and forced entry to the building. They noticed signs of a struggle inside the store. Things tipped over. Merchandise spilled and broken. Weapons drawn, they made their way upstairs to the apartment where the young child was still screaming bloody murder. The door to the apartment was locked, but 36-year-old Guy Perna let them in without incident. Inside, his 27-year-old wife Yolanda lay dead on the floor under the dining room table. A gun sat atop the table, and their three-year-old daughter Maria was in her crib just a few feet away crying and screaming, Mommy's dead. No. Their six-year-old son, thankfully, was not at home at the time of the incident.
1: That sucks. Oh, that's good. That's good that he wasn't there,
0: for sure. Um, So according to Guy, his wife had battled depression for years and tried to take her own life on more than one occasion. The two had gotten into an argument in the shopette that turned physical. And when Yolanda took off running up the stairs toward the apartment, Guy claimed that he knew what she was after. A gun that he kept under the mattress that he just somehow knew she was going to use to try to kill herself. This is what he said. Uh, So he chased her up the stairs and the two engaged in a long fight over the gun. Guy won and he was sitting in a chair in the living room recovering from the fight, pistol in hand, trying to regain his strength. He said he was sitting with his head down when he heard a scream and looked up just in time to see Yolanda lunging at him. According to Guy, he didn't even know the gun had gone off. It happened accidentally. Except Yolanda wasn't just shot once. She had two bullet wounds, hmm. one in her arm and one in her head. <laughs> so the gun accidentally fired, not once, but, but twice.
1: twice. And she ended up under the dining room table. Under the
0: dining room table. Uh huh. Perno was arrested and charged with second degree murder. He was released on bond the same day and was back operating his store the next day, as if nothing had happened. So that part was true. He killed his wife and went right back to running his store.
1: That's bananas.
0: He remained free on bond throughout his trial, during which the charge was downgraded from murder to manslaughter. And then the jury didn't even find him guilty of that. He was acquitted of all charges, and never even served a full day behind bars for (gasps) the death of his wife. Stop. I know, isn't that bullshit? Guy's family who supported him throughout the ordeal believed justice was served, but locals believed he got away with murder. So really similar situations, right, right down to them being immigrants, right down to the family sticking by them, not really getting any time, saying it was an accident. Everybody know, was the an parallels are really then, strange though. to me. So, Guy Perna continued to run the Jolly Superette and live above the store in the apartment where his wife died Mm -hmm. for decades. He made headlines again in 1975, almost 10 years after his wife's death. A gunman entered the store around 9 p.m., ordered everyone to the ground, and took off with $300 in cash. Guy grabbed the gun from behind the counter and chased after him. Following him down Jolly Road to Richmond, so all kind of in the neighborhood. I know that South street. street. Mm-hmm. By chance, they ran past the house of one of Guy's employees who said his he saw his boss running down the street with a gun and pretty easily guessed what happened. So he joined in the chase, and the two men chased the bandit for blocks until they lost track of him in an apartment complex on Rio Road. Hmm. Can you, like, if I'm home at 9 o'clock at night, And I see my boss run past my house with a gun, which side note could happen. Not that my boss would run past my house with a gun, but my boss and I, we found out shortly after he got his job as my boss that we lived directly across the street from one another.
1: You need to meet your neighbors.
0: Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a social person, <laughs> so we had never met. I'd lived there for a year and a half. That's so funny. Yeah. So, could happen. Could happen. And I'm telling you that if I'm sitting on my couch at 9 o'clock and my boss goes running past my window with a gun... Are you going to join him? Though? I'm not joining him. Right. See you later, dude. Have fun. If you get through whatever this is, I'll see you in the morning. Right. 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 <laughs> I mean, I might call the police for him. I would do that. But right. or that would be him. the extent of it. Or right. on him, I would just let them know. Right. Right. Um and can you imagine the neighbors? No. Looking out the window and seeing the dude that just murdered his wife and got away with it a few years ago chasing someone down the street with a gun? No. Like, oh, there goes that crazy guy again. Right. wonder who he's going to kill this time. Right. He didn't remarry, did he? He didn't remarry, but he was in no, a... But do you get it? In, oh, <laughs> right. Did he get married again? <laughs> he actually, in his obituary, it said that he'd been in a long-term relationship with a woman and her name was the same as the name of the other employee that was in the shop the night <gasps> that it got robbed. So he was in a long-term relationship with one of his employees. They was doing it. Yes. Um. Hmm. So Guy Perna, like most of the dudes that kill their wives and get away with it because women aren't worth anything, apparently, uh, lived a long, full life. He passed away in 2009 at the age of 79. And here's something crazy. So this story, again, name-free, detail-free, just mm-hmm. kind of the very basic bare bones of it is in my book, Haunted Lansing. And, right. um, I've talked, I think, before about my friend, Psychic Cat Ryan. Right, um, She's featured in the book pretty heavily in some of the cases. And so she got her copy of it. And the night that she started reading it, she got a hold of me and she was like, I am reading this and I am shaking right now. She's a little older than me. Mm-hmm. And when she was little, um, right now we're the um, – it's not a waterbed store anymore. Right. Shockingly. Is it a barbershop? It's a barbershop now. Okay. And directly across the street from it now is a fire station. Right. Used to be houses though. That fire right. station is relatively new. Mm-hmm. Um, and she lived in a house right across the street oh from there gosh. when she was little. Uh-huh. Her mo- He owned the house Okay, they were renting. <gasps> Guy Perna did. No. And her mom worked for him.
1: No. Was yes. she the one in the long-term relationship? No. Oh. No, no.
0: So... <laughs> She said that when she was a little girl, every night she would lay in her bed and her bedroom faced the suparette, And she said that a woman would stand in the window and sing to her. And she could never figure out how she could hear the woman singing to her from across the street with the windows closed. Stop it. And that when she got older, she realized that was a ghost. Um, and she didn't know this story at all. And so my my story that I made up in my head as a little girl about her ghost still being up there in that apartment where she got murdered
1: and... It it was true. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? Was her mom the one that went chasing with him down the road? (laughs) No, the newspaper article said it was a guy. I
0: don't think it even said his name. It just said one of his employees went with him.
1: What a weird connection though, right?
0: Isn't that strange? Because Kat and I didn't know each other until 2016 when the tour started. That's crazy. Yeah.
1: Ooh, that's eerie too. Mm Mm-hmm. Super weird. Um... Do you want to do file vi- dump? Let's do or file vile- dump dump. Actually,
0: before we dump a file, I want to just make a quick mention. So, I just finished a book that was written by a local author. Ooh, It yeah. was amazing. Ooh, um, it is called The Eaton E A T O N, like Eaton Rapids like or Eaton, Eaton County. County. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's fictional, so it's fictional horror, but it's okay. you know definitely references some local history and local landmarks. It's written by. Uh, John K. Addis. Okay. And I don't really have a lot of time to read these days or watch TV or take care of myself. (laughs) Right, right. Um, (laughs) But he sent me a copy of the book to read. He's going to be one of our um, vendors at the Festival of Oddities in September. Mm -hmm. And I was super into it. Like I finished it within a week. Would have finished it quicker if I had more time. It was really interesting, really well done. It's pretty gory. Like... The very beginning of it, the introduction, I was mm-hmm. like, "Ooh, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do this," um, but yeah, I I'll liked have it to a read lot. it. So I just wanted to throw out that recommendation because
1: yes. yeah, it's a get good your, book and it's local.
0: We're all about local when yes. we can be.
1: I agree. All right, let's file dump it. We want to talk about our weddings. Let's talk. about Where'd our you weddings? get married, to Dax?
0: I, Dax and mm-hmm. I, we got married uh, in Grand Ledge. In the gazebo on Island Park. Cute. We had a really small. We had a good number of friends there, but the mm-hmm. our actual wedding was very small. Just a few people. We actually got married in jeans and t-shirts. <gasps> That's the best. Like, specially made t-shirts. But, yeah. Did I, they say I, Mr. and Mrs.? <laughs> no, they said bride and groom, Oh, actually. I was so close. You were close. So <laughs> the whole thing was, you know, we had both been married before. We had both had like a big wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I didn't want to go through all of that stress and that pressure. He was right. getting ready to deploy. He was leaving for Iraq in two months. Yikes. And so we didn't have, you know, I just, I right. didn't want you the pressure. Married. Of, we just wanted to be married. We didn't mm-hmm. necessarily care what a big event it was. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, so we got married at the Island Park. We had our reception in the event hall above Cancun Mexican Grill.
1: Oh, I've been there. I made cupcakes for a bride that had her reception there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it was a lot of fun. It was really chill. Um,
0: And we were happy with it. Nice. I mean, our wedding pictures now look a little silly looking back,
1: but I'm sure they don't. How cool. How about you? We got married in Vegas. (gasps) That's so exciting. I know. Did Elvis um, marry you? No. It was actually a, this venue off the Strip. I think it was called Rainbow Gardens. Really pretty, actually. We okay. had like 50 people come. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Um, we had this thing where if you ordered your bridesmaids dresses through the affiliated bridal shop, mm-hmm. then I got my wedding dress for free. Oh, wow. I didn't get it for free because I found my wedding dress here in town. Oh. But they gave me like $500 towards the dress. Wow. It was a big thing. Yeah. It was awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. It was a good day. It was a good day. Fun. Do you guys go back to Vegas for your anniversaries? No, I have not been back since and I'm so sad because we went maybe like four or five times before we got married. Okay.
0: So it was like your vacation spot. Yeah.
1: And then all of a sudden like, okay, we got married and we just, Dave's been for work many times. And I have not, and I, I've never been there. Go.
0: I've always wanted to go to
1: Vegas, but it's I've so fun. Been. Do you like to gamble? Yeah, I mean, like I think it's I fun, but, but I don't. But there's so much anything. more to do yeah. there than just gamble. I'd probably go to like a show. They have lots of those. Yeah, lots of those. And then I saw share like the
0: next day. <laughs> That's why you love Vegas so much. Uh
1: huh. I do. I How love fun. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys so
0: much for joining us today. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Patreon at SoDeadPodcast.
1: You can find us online at sodadpodcast.com. or send us your feedback and story ideas. And, and oh, or. And or. <laughs> Do both. I don't care. <laughs> but you can send them to us at SoDeadPodcast at gmail.com. Now get out there and shine. You magnificent what the fucks.